Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor, and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now, here's your host, DJ Payne. G'day, g'day, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 11 of Thrive Deeper. Uh, We are about to get into the second half of the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. I I shouldn't say this, and I say this nearly every week. This is one of my favorite books in the Bible. (laughs) And uh, I cannot wait to get into the practicality that the Apostle Paul lays down after the amazing three chapters at the beginning of the book. It now gets into the practicality of how we live in community, how we are one body, and all the exciting implications of that. So we're going to jump into the conversation that Matt and I were having. Uh, I'm going to break into halfway through a conversation we're having actually about Matthew had a pair of new glasses on and uh, that got us reminiscing about the first time we met. So after this break, we're going to jump straight into that. I'll be back at the end of the discussion to give you some great information that you will want to hear. So I'll see you then. further down your nose to look at me like that when i first met you you had a very small pair of round glasses is that true oh uh, yeah or they were sort of like very yeah, o- little, small yeah, oval yeah. yeah were they for seeing further away for they they no, for that, reading they were reading glasses yeah. really so back- they would have been in church like yes reading that and you had a beard and you had a beard the first yeah. time i met you did i yeah yeah you were this no, wild the less well, said about that the better <laughs> No, I say bring it back. I bring it as a bearded man myself. I say bring it back because you had this wild, unkept beard, these little glasses, and you yeah. were passionately preaching out of. Thin. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then the next time I saw you, you're shaven and yeah. slick. And right, s- I got, <laughs> pulled my life together. <laughs> All right, talking about pulling your life together, let's get into, we're going through the book of Ephesians. Uh, We have looked at, um, you know, the introduction, we've looked at Paul, we've looked at uh, verses, uh, sorry, chapters one, two, and three. That first half of the book of Ephesians is, what can we say, Matt? It's like, it's just Paul just is is taking us to a mountaintop Mm. where we're going to see into the very kingdom of God itself at the top. Mm. And then we're coming now. Is this coming down the other side, or how? Would, how do we describe this into chapter four? <clears throat> well, uh, chapter four is very much the practical. I mean, it's all practical, uh, yeah. of course, but but th- there are some really um, big theological ideas. You know, it's all vision. Yes. You know, uh, to put it that way, in those first three chapters, it's a wonderful theological vision. It's about God and what He's done in Christ. It's all big picture stuff. Mm. That's the first three, three chapters, and and then the last three are very much the practical application of that. So, therefore, in fact, he begins, yeah. "I, you know, I therefore, uh, <laughs> prisoner for the Lord, urge you." Yeah. So, um, so, and, and in fact, the first the first three chapters ends with with a benediction. Mm. You know, mm. so it's really a clean cut. A so, clean it's, so it's almost like let's let's take the whole book of Ephesians as a sermon, yeah, or a church service. Yeah. Better, 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 yeah. better church service. Yeah, we've gone through a song, like a, yeah, like yeah. a benediction at yeah. the beginning, yeah. a song, a 
amazing prayer, more yeah. music. It's like this yeah. amazing spiritual music and everything yeah. is, is built up. And now chapter 4 verse 1 is Paul stepping up going, okay, in light of all of that, wonderful mm. praise we've had yeah. and all this amazing yeah. spiritual time, let's get the practical sermon yeah. in to, the, to, to apply yeah, it to that's our- right. <laughs> And, and look, there's there's plenty of really beautiful stuff here, but it is um, it is really very practical, and you know it's all about because he has been talking about everything being brought together uh, in Jesus Christ. So you know, yeah. in the last episode, I pictured you know the, it's like, as though the world were this fragmented you know machine that's been scattered all the lost parts, and mm. and what God wants to do is where the lost parts, to find the lost parts. Not only does he want to find the lost parts, but he wants to mend those parts. Not only does he want to mend those parts, but importantly, he wants to, us to f- get fitted all back together. In fact, we get mended as we get fitted back together. Is, is another way, I know you like the machine. Um, it's a little impersonal. It's, right? it's I, a it's, little. You can't push that metaphor too far. No, no, no. But it's a, but it's a great, I, I like that metaphor. I don't know. I'm gonna, I was about to say, is it your German uh, engineering mind <laughs> coming to play there for the, for the, for the machine? Is there another way to, to say it like, Imagine an estranged family, a wide, wide family yeah. with cousins and uncles and aunts, a massive yeah. family that are all estranged from one, one another because of their own personal dysfunction. Yeah. And God comes in and says, look, I'm going to deal with your own personal dysfunction, but yeah. then I'm going to make relationships right with each other person and I'm going to get you to yeah. come together in one magnificent family together. It is. Can, yeah. And, and look, it, and it is meant to be a family thing, but it's actually more than that because it's, you know, he has this idea of the body and we're yes. all the different parts of the body. True. So although the machine metaphor is a little impersonal and it is, um, it, it, it emphasizes that fact that we're all parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. We're, and, and, and we're all which, unique which, parts yeah. of a whole. Which is more than just a family. Yeah, it's more than just a family. It's actually that together. Or at least the way that we see family. That's right. So our functionality is realized together. Yeah. So, so that on my own, uh, there's, there's no, I don't have ministry on my own. I have ministry in, in as much as I am a part of a whole. Mm, mm. Um, and, uh, and the, the, you know the ministry of the spirit and, and even being a Christian is about being a part of, of a whole. And so a lot of the therefore you know is so is bringing everything together, you know one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Well even before that, before he even gets into that beautiful prayer, the very one of the very first points that he puts his finger on is because of all of this, bear with one another. Yeah, that's right. Humble. Yeah, yeah. Patient. That's you know, right. he gets to the point straight away. Yeah, that's He doesn't right. muck around. Yeah. He goes right to the heart yeah. of what yeah. we struggle with in when it that's comes right. to church. You look across the pew and you go, oh, not and him. Exactly. And, and so so everything here is about relationships, about bearing with one another, about submitting to one another, mm. about loving each other. It's it's so much of this is about togetherness. And, you know, he, he, he begins, and I'm reading from the ESV, which is the um, – more literal yes. version. It's a little more difficult, but it's closer, uh, more literal translation. Well, I'm com- I, it's, and it's funny, I'm coming from the other You're side. You're right at the other end. Yeah, I'm right at the other end with the, the New, new Living. living. Tra- well, well, read the first couple of verses. Okay, v- uh, first couple of verses talking about the unity of the body there in chapter 4. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle, be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you can see the concern there. He knows that 
our, our tendency is to fragment. Yeah. Our tendency is to not trust each other. Our tendency is to hold on to grudges and to, and to uh, move away from each other and just mm. depend on me. And, and, but he's saying, no, no, actually, it's really important that you learn to transcend uh, yourself. Uh, and, and you don't lose your individuality thereby. You actually discover your individuality. Mm. Um, uh, the worst way for us to discover our individuality is individualistically. You yeah. know, just go off on my own and I'll discover <laughs> who I am. There's no way that it's you all, will, actually. Yeah. Or when you do, it's usually some sort of cockamamie fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That when you come to the rest of the people, everyone goes, sure. Yeah, radio. Absolutely. I mean, it's simple logic. We're parts of a whole. Yeah. And the parts can only be understood in the light of the whole. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the idea. And it goes, there is one uh, one body, there is one spirit, mm. uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all. Now, so. He moves into this. Okay, a, qu- a question about that part. You know, very early in Chapter 4, he's talking about the oneness of, uh, you know, the universal idea of the church and the oneness mm. of that we have as a congregation. I know that some people will really be brokenhearted, and there's a particular type of Christian out there that is really brokenhearted when it when they look at this and they look at different denominations yeah and different churches oh, yeah. that's a good point yeah. you know they they you know and we've all experienced um, we might have even journeyed through yeah. that or be in that in our own yeah. life right now to go oh god yeah, you, didn't, all the you didn't want all these denominations yeah, we yeah. we're in the one town we should all be coming together yeah um actually um i think that's that can be a little bit of a misunderstanding i mean actually um the different de- denominations have, a, a, of course, in, in for the first um, uh, few hundred years, uh, th- there was just the one, uh, you know, what they referred to as the Holy Catholic Church. And, of course, in the creed, it says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Catholic, Catholic means, there means… Yeah, Catholic doesn't mean Roman Catholic. So yes. I'm talking about a denomination. Yes. Uh, in that Catholic simply means universal, mm. you know, the universal church. Uh, the problem was is w- with that is that you know there was so much power concentrated in so few people, and what happened at the Reformation was that that power was decentralised. You know, Martin Luther broke away and yeah. and said, "Well, I, I, um, uh, I, I have the right to read scripture for myself mm. and mm. to interpret the Bible for myself. Uh, it's not the property of just special uh, people to do that." and and you know, so he sort of threw it open. You think, oh, but that, and and you know, for a lot of Catholics, they say, well, see what happened with that. Then you get all of these different denominations. Or if, or if you talk to an old uh, Eastern Orthodox or a Greek or Orthodox person, yeah. a priest, they'll be like, oh, you are the guys that split away from us, and then you split away again. And split and split, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, the first thing to recognise there is that diversity isn't necessarily disunity. Yes. Um. So, uh, actually, uh. By different churches, you know, I mean, different churches pursue different convictions and different ways of doing things. Mm. Um, and actually, that's fine. I mean, it, it, I think it shows that, um, that actually we, you know, it, we're able to read the Bible for ourselves and within, I mean, I think there are boundaries, uh, Certainly, that there are boundaries, but within reasonable boundaries, you know, we're all uh, we're all part of one body, even yes. though we're there. 
there's so much diversity. Yeah. I love the diversity, actually. Yeah. I love the diversity. I think it's, I think it expresses something. It expresses that we're not just one homogenous thing, yeah. you know, where you can go to any, uh, any church and you just get the same, you know, the same old thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, you know, the diversity of, of the ways of doing things and even slight nuances of believing things. Actually, that's healthy because, um, you know, we, you know, our church pursues this conviction, but you know, there's an emphasis that comes from this other denomination, and we need to think about that yeah. actually. Yeah. And it, it, it forms, it, it, it's, it's like this healthy kind of tension yeah. that, um, that keeps us on our toes in a way. Now, and it's great. I, I agree 100% with you that the mature way. Uh, to think about it. And we, and I think we all go through, you know, maybe not all of us, but you might go through that t- stage where you look at the diversity of the dominations and you feel like, oh, we should all be one. But once you actually get to the place where you can read this passage here about one faith, one baptism, all of that, and you realize that it's talking about all of us together yeah. and you see that beautiful cultural diversity, yeah. this, you know, the expression, as long as we can come together and testify of, of these truths yeah. together, yeah, that's right. we yeah. are that one church. That's right. And I mean, it's important that, you know, we're united in the truth. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I, I think it's in, in the fundamentals of the faith. I, I realize that there's differences of opinion on, on, on the nuances and the, you know, and some of the outlying areas. Well, even even to touch on one, and we won't spend any time on it, other than to say, I've I've seen growing up in some Baptist churches, and yeah. we are both a member yeah, right yeah. now of a Baptist church. When it talks about one faith, one baptism yeah, in chapter right. four, yeah. I've heard some sermons about yeah. what this one baptism is. Yeah, yeah. Very just just cruise on by Matt, but just give us in a drive by the one baptism that he's talking about. You're really throwing me, <laughs> you're really throwing me the deep end there. Thanks a lot for no. Look, well, I thought um, you were just going to. Yeah, you know, he, he is. Uh, he's really talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's exactly. talking about. Uh, I mean, the, the the water baptism is is a symbol yes. of the baptism that that by which Christ comes into our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, that's yeah. the one. That's the one baptism, and the different ways and the, the of, of using the symbol of baptism. Um, I actually, you know, I think they all have important uh, that they they signify important things. You know, you have um, infant baptism, which actually is probably, um, I think, for a lot of Baptists that don't really get this. Oh, what are they baptizing children for? Yes. Actually. The symbolism is really beautiful because it's it, it, it's probably more accurately referred to. I prefer referring to it as covenant baptism. Yes, because it's representing that in some in a very special way. Yeah. these children are members of the covenant, and we're we're using a covenant sign uh, on them now as a Baptist. So, so as a Baptist church, though, we use the same symbol in a different in a different way. Now, yeah. I, I I think it's. Uh, and it's all pointing to it's this, all, this right. one baptism. So, it's so, saying this is just a representation right. that we are now one in that's Christ. That's right. So we, you know, we use baptism to signify that actual decision, and and that becomes part of the actual decision that I make of stepping into yeah. uh, into faith. And so it doesn't exclude the covenant aspect. But this is me. This is a mechanism that I use to, you know, um, uh, to step in to that uh, covenant. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think. I, I think we can hold to these different convictions and recognize, uh, you know, recognize the different ways that we do it. 
And I recognise too, I'm being glass half full, I'm being optimistic because <laughs> there is a lot, you know, we're a work in progress, we're all imperfect and there's far, more, there's far too much disunity. Yeah, yeah. So, so I want to name that as well. Yes. But I'm, what I'm wanting to emphasise is just because there's diversity, yeah. just because there are different denominations isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yes. It, it's actually a sign of, of, of freedom actually to believe according to our conscience and our own reading of scripture as opposed to it being all being controlled by some central body. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think there is, a, there is even a beauty and there's a wonder in the – and I'm going to even go as far as to say there's a bit of a glory – when you see two brothers or two sisters in the Lord really debating over yeah. a particular refined point, tiny point of scripture, yeah, yeah. when they're really going at it and really arguing, I go, "This is beautiful. This is part of the oneness." Even yeah. when they're arguing yeah. over 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 a particular right. point, I, I just I, I got sidetracked the other day down a rabbit hole into these two reformed theologians arguing about the relationship of Jesus Christ in the in the Trinity in ages past. How subservient was he? How related? And they were going like they were arguing over the most. You know, yeah, yeah. you use my, the words my, of. Yeah. It should be the word for. You know, like they were really, you know, yeah. really going down. And 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 and, I met, and other people were standing back going. These two are being pedantic, and I was like, "No, this is beautiful. I yeah, love this right. aspect." As long of and it. as long as it's constructive, yes, and. Uh, yeah, then then it can be a great thing. Exactly, exactly. Okay, now let's let's get into something constructive here. This is this is a <laughs> this is a good, good on you. <laughs> moving right along. There's a, there's a question here um, that comes up in in uh, in chapter four, where uh, Paul is talking about you know what Christ has done for the church. In his you know he makes a big point of saying that he's mm. come to earth. He's now ascended, and when he ascended, he's given gifts. To the church, and in chapter chapter four, uh, verse eleven, it says that he, talking about Christ, is the one who gave these gifts to the church: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip. God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, until we've come in such unity and faith, et cetera, et cetera. Now, out of this, out of this verse here, there's a lot of different theology and practical applications about how church is set up and what people believe about this. Do you want to break that down a little bit for us? Um, yeah, uh, the, the famous fivefold uh, ministry. Um, and, and I think, I think that they, I think they are five fundamental roles. Um, uh, and those roles are uh, so. So the, the first is is uh, that of the apostle. Now that can be taken in a couple of uh, of ways. That can be, uh, of course, th- there were originally pos- uh, apostles. Yes. Um, a lot of people apply that now to a sort of a leadership kind of uh, gifting. You know, uh, an apostle can be a sent one or one who sends. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, and so. Um, you know, I think we can speak of apostles uh, today as a kind of an apostolic sort of role. And this is where you and I, you, you're much more, this is where I get really scared. Oh, you this, get scared? Are you scared? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, this right. is, yeah. This is where I get really scared. <laughs> oh, tell I, me, why are you scared? Because um, I, I, okay, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a great practical example, yeah. okay? Our, um, the church that we go to, uh, our, um, our senior pastor there once was praying and talking about what where God has called him. And he said that God had given him the gift 
and he's now I'm going to say it the wrong way. He used the words very carefully, which I was very impressed with. Yeah. But he said the, the gifting of the apostolic. Yeah. Right. And I, because I've seen in my in in the past, I've seen abuses yeah. around this yeah. type of idea of gifting of yeah, yeah. of an apostle. I uh, and I know we're sort of getting skating into like some really murky right. murky territory yeah, yeah. here. But I went up to him. I'm one of those clowns at church who goes up to people when they preach and goes, what did you mean by this? And like really pick it apart. Yeah. Like I, I back this up with scripture here. And he he did it beautifully in a way that sort of opened my mind to a way that I hadn't mm. I hadn't seen before. He said, oh, I would never call myself an apostle. I'm not an apostle. But but in, I in the, in the sense that you yes in the yeah, sense that yeah, I would yeah. say like capital A there are twelve there were twelve yeah, yeah, apostles yeah, you yeah. know type of thing these you know as we've just read yeah. in the first half of Ephesians it says that you know that God has built His church on the cornerstone of yeah. Jesus Christ and the foundation of the apostles yeah. and the prophets and I'm like you know becoming yeah. and he said no this is in the same spirit. That the apostles were leaders amongst the amongst yeah. the men that they were around, the men and the women yeah. that they were around. I believe that God has given me the gift of leadership, yeah. of of in that in that same spirit of the apostolic. Yeah. I'm not saying I have a special, yeah. you know, anointing or anything yeah. that is taking me closer to God or anything like that. And it really made me break down and look at some of the verses around around the mm. the, the, the the role of apostle yeah. and what that might mean today. Yeah. I mean, of course, because of course there are. Some people who claim to be apostles with all of the authority yes. of that original twelve uh, apostles. I think, uh, you know, I think that's that's problematic. Yes. Um, and and I mean, we don't need to talk too much about that. But yeah. uh, I I think there is a more ordinary understanding of this that that is is valuable. Yes. And and it is that uh, you know the one who equip the one who who empowers and and leads and uh, you know establishes and and. You know, a lot of the great missionaries who, who went out, you know, I, I feel had that sort of apostolic yes. role as yes. they planted churches and, and oversaw those churches and then let them, you know, sort of uh, let them grow up. And yes. it's, it's, it's a wonderful, I think it's a wonderful gifting. Talks about um, also, uh, and the prophets. Now, um, this is. Uh, uh, Prophecy in a different sense to uh, you know the Old Testament prophets. Yes, the Old Testament prophets were actually probably on a par with the twelve apostles. I mean, yes, you just talk exactly. about the you know the twelve apostles. New Testament prophets are those who bring that uh, that spirit inspired word of exhortation for for the now. It's not 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 this, that uh, you know the infallible word of yes. Isaiah or Jeremiah. Mm. Uh, it's um, it's that word of exhortation and upbuilding, yeah. you know. For now, you know that's that, that's. I think, in in a sense, there's a more ordinary use of the word. There. Now, when I say ordinary, I mean that in a really positive sense. Yes. In that this is something that's available. It's that's readily available. Point. That's a great uh, point. It's 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 not to be some extraordinary thing for really special, hyper spiritual people. Yes. No, no. This is actually it's 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 given. Uh, this is this is to be an ordinary part uh, of church life. Uh, evangelists, uh, of course, um, uh, it's interesting um, that uh, pastors in the ESV it says shepherds. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful uh, beautiful picture. Yeah, uh, there, there are just those people that just have that real pastoral heart. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, the best of them all, uh, which is the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not biased much there uh, over there, man. No, no, that's now, right. it, again, I, I, this is this this is um, what a wonderful um, you know picture of what it takes to see a healthy church. Yeah, you know, and I think I think if we've been in the faith for a little while, we might have experienced the church or a local congregation that is emphasising one over the other. And yeah. it's interesting, what, what you can end up with is that you can end up with denominations based on these things. You know? Yes. So, so you have all of the prophets going, yes. form known just hang on, we, yeah. we, we need, you know, like uh, we actually need each other here. Yeah. And and it isn't, I think, uh, I mean, it could, it could be the same with teachers. You can end up with... Uh, a church full of people who are more sort of theology and Bible oriented. So hang on, hang on. We really need each other here. Uh, We really need each other. And we need to learn actually to live together. I don't think these are just five offices, you know, like, like every church has to have five formal offices. Um, Like a business card printed. I I mean, I think, I, I think that they, I think it's great to have a, a sort of a leadership team that that, if possible, particularly in a bigger church, yeah. And we sometimes think about this having a leadership team that has these kind of giftings on it, you know, yes. so, so that so that there's that sort of diversity. But within a congregation, uh, there will be people who uh, share in these. And look, th- this may not be a, a. I don't think Paul's necessarily trying to give a complete list. No, like there were only five here. Yeah. Um, because he, because at different places he talks about yeah, different things. I don't gifts. think he's not trying to be systematic or, or mm. exhaustive here. He's just, he's making a point mm. that we're all needed, right? Our, our uniqueness is needed mm. here. And it's actually really important that we learn to get along together. And sometimes because you're not like me, that therefore I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> when actually I really need you because you're not like me. And then he, he goes on to, to illustrate that point that you just made, Matt, about why we need each other, why yeah. we need these gifts of the you know diverse gifts of the church is that what he goes on to say in verse 14 he says then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth instead we will hold the truth in love becoming more and more in every way like christ who is the head of the body the church and under his direction Mm. the whole body fitted together perfectly each part does his own special work and it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Mm. Like, you, you know, and they're like saying that, that picture of other church, you know, uh, congregations which are emphasizing one over the other, one particular part of the, of the other, it, it does become unhealthy. It does become a place where we, we, we haven't got that fullness. It's, it's really interesting in, in practice. It really isn't easy. No, it's it's not easy, and and but but it's something that I have gained so much actually from recognizing this, from recognizing that this person pushes me at the edges a little bit. This person <laughs> stretches me, and sometimes that makes me feel uncomfortable. It, yeah. You know, this person uh, actually is really important for me, and um, you know. Uh, the, like those who have this prophetic gifting and uh, it's like for me as the teacher, I like things every, you know, to be neat and, and, and it's, it's like, um, you know, so, so it, 
you, you can have this sort of tension, but we actually, we really need each other. And it's really, it's a wonderful to, to work with people who have these giftings and draw from each other and have this wonderful mutual respect mm. where it's not like I'm better than you and you're better than me, or I'm more spiritual than you and you're more spiritual than me. Mm. Um, and of course, this is what Paul talks about in, um, uh, 1 Corinthians, isn't it? Where, where, where you had this church that was elevating certain gifts yes. over others. And he says, listen, you all share in the one spirit, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and and what you can't say of the lesser one. Oh, I don't need you. You, no. you. You're you're less yeah. uh, important. No, we're all actually important. We need to learn to appreciate each other. And actually, part of what we do for each other is that we stretch each other. Yeah. We stretch each other as well. Yeah. And um, and I've I've gained so much actually by appreciating other people's giftings and leaning into those and learning to learn from other people, recognizing that I'm not all sufficient, yeah. uh, I'm not complete in myself. That the people around me, that by the providence of God is put around me, they complete me, yeah. and together actually we can be something significant. That's 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 great. That's great. The the. Uh, yeah, the, these these roles here in in uh, chapter four of Ephesians, uh, they're all focused on love, building up, yeah. encouraging, making one. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a, it's not none of these are focused when they're when they're practiced in the right way. And I think we've seen each of these offices or roles or whatever you want to call it, each of these five things. We've seen them. We've seen them. If you've been around a while, practice in a way that is about building up themselves. Mm. You know, which Paul just yeah. is yeah. anti that. Yeah, you know, right. da, da, you know, day one, and it's it's such a different way of thinking when you see it practiced in the right way, where it, they should all be sacrificial. They should all be yeah. external. They should all be about bringing unity and yeah. love. Together, yep. even even you know, in the times where the word comes hard, you know, or the teacher has to teach something difficult, or the prophet mm. has to put his finger on the you know on the thing that nobody wants to speak about, the prophet mm-hmm. will talk about the elephant in the room, or the or the some or the or the leader will come out and say we need to head in this direction, we're yeah. going in the wrong way. Even if it's in the difficult part, parts, it's about unifying, yeah, you know, right. coming together yeah. because of the alternative being that he just goes into is that we we don't believe anything we yeah. just get tricked and lied to yeah. if we don't have all of this working properly yeah, that's right that's right and it's 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 the it's all working together and this is the wonderful thing uh, about this and it's worth it's worth fighting for you know it's worth this is the priority yep. you know arguing you know if you you're in an argument you're in a dispute you get your your own way you know what you lose in the end yep. because sometimes we can lose by um you know, by that kind of process, when actually the most important thing is relationships, is our unity, and and so that's something, that's the thing we're sacrificing for.
All right, let's move into uh, the second half of uh, Chapter 4 here. Uh, it actually gets more and more practical at how are we to live if we are these yeah. you know, children of the light, if we are these new creations, if we are unified now in Christ and the church is having its way, uh, God is having its way. Uh, how are we supposed to, supposed to then live? He then talks about, once we get into like verse 20 or so of Chapter, tw- uh, of chapter 4, Paul then starts talking about putting off the old yeah. life or well, the old self, like, the old yeah, self, the old Is self, it, yeah. you know, yeah. this and putting on a new self and things like this. Yeah. And in, in the ears of modern psychology, this can sound all a bit like, is there multiple personalities going on? What is happening here? Is, is he schizophrenic? What is, what, what is Paul talking about? It's there's, I've heard a lot of discussion about this, actually what, what, you know, um, you know, because it says in Second Second Corinthians, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You know, and the old has passed away. And, yeah. And some people say, well, well, you know, the old self is done. We're just all new self. You know, and and uh, it's it's like a one-off thing. You put off the old self, and you you well, and, and we're, you know, a lot of people try to analyze this. Uh, actually, Paul is speeding. He, he's this is metaphorical language. I mean, he's, he's using picture language yes. here. To picture a process, actually, that's very complex. Um, and sometimes we can take this sort of picture language and be far too analytical with it when actually um, Paul is pointing to a process. I think it, this is, this is a, a, um, something that can be both a you know, moment decision, mm-hmm. and certainly there is that sense in the put off your old self. It is a like, make this decision to do this. But there's a sense. I think there can be a sense of process uh, in this as well. Yeah. And um, uh, but th- this, you know, are there two selves? Well, um, we. It's like in, maybe a way of illustrating is like we're shedding a skin in a way. We're, we're shedding a skin, and we're we're becoming uh, our new self is. In a way, um, we talked before in, in the previous episode about being seated in the heavenly realms in Christ. You know, it's like we have been made children of God. That's the yes. new self. Yes. That then begins the process of us learning to be what we are. Yeah, yeah. That's basically. That's so it. We, we, we're a new self by the declaration of God, even though actually we're still really corrupt and whatever, you know, because remember, we don't earn it. Yeah. It's just declared over us, right? Now you are children of God. Mm. Oh, what does that suddenly mean that I am holier than the angels? Yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, it, it means that you are, despite your sinfulness, yeah. you yet are declared to be a child of God by grace. Now, uh, now you need to learn actually how to live up to that, and that's yeah. what you know. That's what Paul. That's what he actually, does in the chapter. Yeah, that's that's he, what he's saying. Yeah, he yeah. has this wonderful. Learn to live a life worthy of your calling. Yeah, that's it. And he, and he has this wonderful metaphor about, like you say, metaphor, but a very real metaphor of putting away that the the, the sinful man, putting away the old creation, or any of those mm-hmm. terms that he says there. And then he goes on, you know, in verse twenty five and onwards, he actually he actually puts rubber to the road. He yeah. actually says, okay, so stop telling lies. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're a thief, stop stealing. Yeah. If you're this, stop doing like he actually pract- he fleshes out what this highfalutin yeah. you know, thoughtful process yeah. is. He actually says, Okay, there's a practical oh, application. He gets, he gets really practical. In fact, in chapter five uh, <laughs> I it's interesting the, these letters. Uh, it's I don't know what it is about but I read this and I think, have I read this before? I don't think I've read this before. <laughs> Does that happen to you? I, I, I've read, seriously, I've read this letter. I, I, I can't I not count how many yeah. times I've read this letter. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that jumped out at me this time hmm. was the sort of stern, is sternness the right? There's a certain sternness to Paul. I yeah. mean, he's really saying, come on, guys. Like, this is who you are now. Please take this seriously. Yeah. And so like verse 3, he says... In chapter 5. In chapter 5, he says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as yeah. is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking, mind you, yeah. uh, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous Think about that. Yep. Or is covetous. Greedy. That is an idolater. Yeah. Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Yep. Whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's hardcore. Know, and, and so a lot of people will read that and think, hang on, but does that mean that we do have to, that we're not going to get to heaven unless we live up to it? Yeah. Um, well, um, no, we, we are, if any of us enter the kingdom of God, it's by the grace of God. But grace Here's the purpose of grace. Grace gives us access to a new way of living, yeah. right? Mm. And to accept and receive grace actually is to uh, is to turn around and actually walk in a different direction. You know, it's it's to receive grace is actually to receive what grace is for, and that is grace to live in a certain way. So if I completely disregard that, uh, it's this isn't about being perfect. This is about where my face is set. Uh, this is about I'm walking this direction, however faultingly. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm walking in this direction. I've set my face on God, and I'm going to trip over, you know. And by the grace of God, I'm going to get back up, and God's going to, you know, lead me forward. Um, but unless I have received this grace yeah. to live in this certain way, and I'm continually in the process of receiving mm. this grace, and continually turning my face to God, then I can't claim to have ever received grace, you know, Um, because it's only by grace, the grace in Jesus Christ, that that we're saved. And so um, uh, it's... This this is part of of what we would refer to as the a life of repentance, a life that demonstrates the fruit of faith and repentance. It it, it looks like being serious about this. It's not perfection. No. No, all of those who think, oh, you know, I've, I just keep falling over and God's done with me, I'm locked. No, yeah. no, he's never done with you. Never. Yeah. You always have the opportunity to get up and keep going because that's what grace is for. And if you're willing to accept not grace just as – it's not just grace to live however I want and it's yeah. like a free ticket, get out of jail free. That's yeah. not what it is. It's yeah. what Dietrich Bonhoeffer referred to as cheap grace. Yes. That's not grace. Yeah. The grace that God gives you, or as, you- or as Paul says, as Paul says in Romans, you know, oh, sh- so you know, should we sin even more? Yeah. So grace so should be out. You know, no, you know. no, he says you don't understand what yeah. grace is. You know, so uh, grace. You know, when we're on the ground and we've we've mucked up and and we feel ashamed of ourselves or whatever, <clears throat> accepting grace means accepting, you know, God's help, His hand up to come and walk with Him again. Now, if you don't want to walk. 
if you don't want to walk with God, uh, and if you're not serious about, it, if all you're just looking is your free ticket, yeah. then actually you're not, you don't quite realize you don't quite realize what it is that you're actually accepting. Uh, to accept grace is to accept grace to walk with God again, hmm. and of course we're going to do that imperfectly. But and grace is always with and, us. and it's like we can loop back to what he says in in you know the the early the middle part of the chapter there, <clears> chapter four. He, you know, when you when you realize that you're stumbling or you're falling or you have sinned, which we do, yeah. you then get to the place where it's like, okay, I need to put off that. You know, you, it's that metaphor yeah. comes back again. Okay, I need to put that off again. Now, Matt, talk talk to talk to me about or talk to us about. Um, I I just had a chat uh, just recently again with with a dear a dear believer who is at a place in their walk, uh, and I and I feel like that they've been. Um, I personally think that they've been uh, deceived uh, with some teaching about the idea that we are to at- uh, attain sinlessness now. Uh, yeah, and and it is so, it was such heartbreaking to see the the earnest passion that they have, and almost this fear of, um, you know, who is really saved and what the church really is that is making them retreat further and further away from the church. Mm. And because they mm. they they believe that it's passages like this in chapter five, yeah. where Paul is 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 saying like putting his finger on these sins and saying this doesn't belong in the church, this doesn't mm. belong in the life of a believer, and there's this idea that we should be we should be heading to some sort of sinless perfection now. Yeah, and and there are people who would who would if you ask them, so are you sinless? And it's a, yes, yeah, yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Um, now, you know, John says in 1 John, uh, if we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And he's speaking to Christians. Yes. <laughs> he says it twice, in fact. Mm. Um, uh, now, um, I would say it's far, it's far better to assume that you have sin than that you're without sin, surely. Because you know? <laughs> yeah. if you claim to be without sin, then that's not going to drive you to an attitude of, you know, repentance no. before God. No, um, it's it's like the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector that Jesus taught. Yeah. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One said, "Oh Lord, I thank you that I'm I'm not like this guy." And yeah. that's where it ends yeah, up. That's perfect. right. Yeah. I'm righteous. Yeah. And then the other one says, he beats his chest and says, "Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner." Yeah. Uh, can't even lift which his is head the up. Best yeah. one. We, we, can't which, even lift yeah, his head up. That's right. He says, "I tell you, it was." It's the Pharisee. Sorry, the ta- tax collector that goes away justified. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's a very, um, uh, I think it's a very dangerous uh, way to, to think to, to get yourself to a point where you think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, because uh, it always has to be, you know, based on a sort of a moral. I feel like morally, I'm doing the right thing. Actually, um, when you get right down to the, the, the most serious offences actually are not moral offences but spiritual offences. It's actually autonomy. It's living without God. Mm. It's choices that we make to do something without God, to not depend on God. Mm. Now, you know, uh, you know, in in this life, until we are saved from this body of death, as Paul puts it, uh, this is going to be. We're a work in progress. We're going to be a work in progress. Yeah, and it's it's only. Uh, it's only on the other side of eternity that we're going to be made perfect. Now, this, does, this doesn't mean, you know, we still need to strive for perfection. Mm. Um, we need to move towards that. Uh, 
But the fact is, um, it's far safer to assume that there's something wrong with you uh, than it is to assume that everything's right with you. Uh, yeah. no, I, this, this is a sort of a minimal argument yeah. uh, here for this, uh, uh, to, to really um, – now, now the question, you know, can we be perfectly correct? I mean, it's such an abstract question. You know, yeah. I, 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 I would come back to Paul's, sorry, to John's words. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Um, but that's not an excuse to say, well, we're all just going to be, you know, we're all sinners and we'll just, and uh, just wallow here. Yeah. No, 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 keep moving forward because life is a process out of the bonds uh, of sin. But I believe it's a process that goes on until the day that we die. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I agree. I agree. And it almost, for me, reading through Ephesians again with this in mind, I, I, I kept on when I got to the passages where it talks about, and we talked about this on the last episode last week, when Paul talks about God's decision before mm. the foundation of the world, mm. that had nothing to do with me. Yeah. There is no way I can glorify that yeah. in all. There is nothing special or unique. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, it's almost like you get to a place where you want to start taking credit mm. for attaining it or maintaining it now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like no, 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 no. Great point. Yeah. While I was still just yeah. the reprobate, yeah, he loved it. it didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah. And it, and it's not saying I know. There's then if we go too far down that path, it's like oh, so we just because he loved me when I was yeah. sinful, then yeah. I just, just keep on sinning. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's not about that. Yeah. It's it's about how he – it's about, like, turning our focus back from ourselves and how wonderful we are to what he's yeah, actually yeah. done. It's – it's you know, the process – it's amazing, the process, because as it goes on, it you actually – in one sense, you don't – I mean, we grow, but in one sense, you, you don't – feel like you're getting better because actually you become more aware of actually how deep oh. the issues went. So I, I feel a lot of the, the sort of obvious moral issues that I struggled with and worked through um, were almost just a distraction actually from the deeper, from the deeper spiritual issues because yeah. I thought, oh, if I can only overcome this, you know. Yeah. And um, But then I, I, it was like, okay, now we can start getting to the real stuff. Because now, because the real stuff is actually the pride and yeah. the, you know, and and the the self dependence and the yeah. self entitlement and the, this really deep stuff. And then you deep with you deal with that stuff, and you get to this deep seated proneness to autonomy, and yeah. and it just you feel like it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So in one sense, I as I've grown. I've just become more aware of actually how helpless I am and how much I need the grace of God. That's the fruit of growth for me. Not feeling, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really getting righteous here. It's no, actually, I'm realizing how far away I really am and how much I need the grace of God. There you go. Episode 11, In the Can. Uh, Matthew and myself trekking through the uh, the second half of Ephesians here, uh, chapter 4 or 5. We've still got a, quite a bit to get through. Plus, we need to hear your questions. Have you got questions about anything that we've been talking about, anything that you've been reading about in the book of Ephesians? We need to know. The best way to get in contact with us is through our website. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. 
www.facebook.com.au. You'll see a place right there you can ask our questions. You can also find a link to our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. There's over 300 other people in the Facebook group asking questions, having discussions. We would love to see you there. And we would love your questions, so please get involved. But until next week, this has been DJ Payne for Thrive Deeper. Thanks for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thrive Deeper or at the Thrive Today website where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, Thrive.